right, everybody, welcome back to the Still City Insider podcast, episode number 25. And alongside myself, Jeremy Ritz, and the Jim Wexel, as I often refer to him, we have with us today Craig Wolfley, the color analyst for the Pittsburgh Steelers, former Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman. And I fact-checked this before we came on. The fifth-place winner of the World's Strongest Man competition in 1981. Wolf, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jeremy. And thank you that you did not also include the fact that included in that World's Strongest Man was also the first professional sumo contest held in North America, which is always a bad visual when you understand what the sumos wear. Okay, so thank you for not bringing that up. You're, you're welcome. We have a rather lengthy agenda. There has been so much news that has transpired. It was an unprecedented week last week in free agency for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk all of that, including the signings of James Daniels, Mason Cole on the offensive line. And Wolf, with his expertise, is going to talk about the current state of the offensive line. We'll talk about the other free agent signings, Mitch Trubisky, uh, some signings on the defensive side of the ball, Kelly Witherspoon, Levi Wallace from Buffalo. Uh, and then we will bring it back to the draft with just some closing thoughts on the quarterback position and what better way to start today. Jim's probably tired of me talking about quarterbacks because I was bringing this up back in November, but Malik Willis had his pro day uh, at Liberty and the full Steelers brass was there. He put on a great show. Gentlemen, any thoughts on Malik's performance and what the chances are that he becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler? First of all, what was the full contingent? Uh, you know, Tomlin, uh, Colbert, uh, Brandon, Brandon Hunt was there. Um, Art two there. I think Art two was there as well, as was uh, Canada. So they were all all represented. Well, in the Steel City Insider mock. 2.0 draft today, Shane Hallam had them taking Malik Willis. And I see Mel Kuyper has them taking Malik Willis. And Pro Football Focus has them taking Malik Willis. So they had the whole contingency there. Well, it is kind of a yikes to me. I don't know. What do you think, Wolf? What do you think of? You know, you know, what's one thing I love, but the only thing I, I got to contribute on this guy, like we talked about earlier, I saw him throw one huge bomb uh, when he was rolling around and, and, and running from uh, the coaches and everything. And he threw it down the field. It must have been 50, 60 yards in the air and hit this guy uh, right on the money. I mean, just four yards from the back end of the end zone. It was tremendous. But what I will say, if you have a full contingency of Steeler people there, to evaluate, including art, um, I got to say that's it, it. Does raise your eyebrows because that is one of those things where, when you have a conglomeration of all those guys taking a look, um, it does say that you know they're there to take more than just a gander. This is about a real collection of people coming together to make a decision. If you ask me, you, you know the Steelers have they don't they're not shy of when they like a guy. I mean, everybody knew they loved Jarvis Jones. Everybody knew they loved Najee. They don't really care what it looks like. But it doesn't always work out that way. They've mm. drafted guys that they didn't even talk to. Richard Mendenhall's one. Um, TJ, they didn't have in for a visit, pre-draft visit. Uh, so they're – and it's not like they planned this. So I, I would caution against getting too excited because – 
I, I read Pro Football Focus right before we came on, and the writer said, there is no question that they love this guy. Well, just because they're uh, interviewing, they're interviewing everybody. So now bringing Art to the Liberty, that's a little little extreme. But uh, um, I, just to, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, what's the thing about it is I look at it and I go, they're bringing people like that to make a decision. That doesn't mean they're all in on this guy, but it means that it's a fact finding mission. They're going to come to some sort of conclusion. And I'm sure that they brought art for more than just picking up the tab at lunch. Okay. So I got a feeling, you know, that it's at least they're, they're interested, but they're interested in also to coming to a conclusion about what they saw. They that, saw. That, that's a great point. I try to make that all the time. Yes. They, they interviewed him twice. But did they like what they heard in the interview? Uh-huh. You interview for a reason. Doesn't mean it, it, that it's automatic. You're going to love the guy, or yeah. uh, oh, he he knew him from uh, when he was Tampa Bay secondary coach. Well, maybe he didn't like him. Maybe he did know him very well. You know, <laughs> you know Wex. I, I go back to and I, again, I my own personal experience, and I, I you know this. I, I talk about it. Chuck Noll came and worked me out. And I accidentally bloodied his lip on a one-on-one deal, you know, working him out. And I called my mom and dad when I was done, and I said, well, you can take Pittsburgh off the board because they're not going to draft me. I just bloodied the emperor's lip, you know? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? And uh, lo and behold, a couple months later, he drafted me. So, you know, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the full the full contingent, uh, not to overuse that that term there, but I believe they were also at Kenny Pickett's pro day yesterday. And I think this this entire week, uh, I think Matt Corral is going to be up for his pro day, Desmond Ritter, and then uh, Sam Howell goes on Monday. They had Mike Sullivan at the um, Nevada pro day to see Carson Strong yesterday. So while everybody else was in Pittsburgh, so it looks like they're doing their homework uh, on these prospects. Uh, to see if any of them are the guy. Uh, let me just throw some stuff in there. They are going to go to Pitt. They're going to make a big show because it's a class thing to do, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, two, of course, they're going to send a quarterback coach to Nevada. They're going to check them all out. Yeah. I would be surprised if they send them all to Ole Miss. Is that tomorrow? I think Corral is tomorrow. Yeah. I think Ohio State's tomorrow. I don't know if they want to miss Ohio State. Yeah. Especially yeah. those receivers, and they need a receiver. Right. Um uh, the other thing, you know, Kevin Colbert said he doesn't want to mess around with quarterbacks that lack accuracy. And Malik had poor accuracy numbers at Liberty. But the scouts don't think he's inaccurate, even though he had poor accuracy completion percentage at Liberty. And as Wolf just said, he hit that bomb right on right on the money. So I, I think it's more scouting. And I don't know that it's as easy as looking at his completion percentage. So I, I, a lot of people have written off Malik Willis because of what Kevin Colbert said, but I'm not so sure that he is inaccurate. And the other thing is, this is a guy that can help you in the Matt Canada packages as some mm-hmm. kind of a package quarterback with his running skills. Yeah. So he he's a guy that could help you right away. I don't see Pickett helping him right away. Then again, they didn't see Ben helping them right away either. Right. Right. Yeah. Great points. 
And so that's down the road. April 29th, I believe, is the first day of the draft, first round. So a lot of conversation is going to take place in between now and then. But some things that we know for certain, it appears that the Steelers have their quarterback for next season, signing Mitchell Trubisky uh, to a two-year deal. And from there, it seemed like they were signing everybody. James Daniels, Mason Cole, uh, Gunnar Olszewski. I believe that sounds like a Pittsburgh name. If I've ever heard one, um, <laughs> miles Jack in at inside linebacker, Cody Wallace and Akello Witherspoon um, still have needs at the, the safety position and wide receiver position, but a lot of activity. What are, what are your gents take on the signings? Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start and ramble a little bit before I hand off the wolf for the offensive line breakdown. But uh, uh to Trubisky, we talked about, you, you know, I like Trubisky as a smart move for them because the others all would cost too much money and too much draft capital. Uh, all of that was unrealistic to me. And I thought Trubisky and Marcus Mariota, somebody talked me out of Marcus Mariota, said uh, <laughs> Dick LeBeau told him no, no. And Dick's not, he's usually not critical. Uh, and this was, uh, you know, a personal <laughs> conversation that I just made public. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, That's the insider. So I, I, I ruled out uh, Mariota from that. And I think Wolf talked me out of Mariota, too, on his show one day. So uh, Trubisky was my guy. And, okay, they got him. And it, it looks like he's learned a lot from Buffalo. And I love his attitude. I loved all the things he had to say as I wrote in my column. Um I think he's exciting to me to, to show, to possibly shock the world. Uh, he's a guy I think that could do it uh, because they're able to afford to put a cast around them mm-hmm. like we're watching them do. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you have any uh, commentary on Mitch Trubisky-Wolf, but I do. You, wanna... you said something very, very important. The ability to put some people around him because now you're not playing, you're not paying the, the huge Hall of Fame salary of a guy who deserved it, a Hall of Famer, that being Ben Roethlisberger. Look, you know, you're able now to put some coin in some of that offensive line on the defense, on wherever you got to fit the pieces and the parts. Now, I like the Trubisky in the sense of he's a strong bodied, he's obviously an athlete. Sometimes he forgets not to go feet first and will go head first when he gets out on the on the prowl and runs. You know, there's some things about his game that you really like. He seems to be and operate well in a run-first offense. You know, that's I think it's a big thing. He's he's good at misdirection. He carries out his play fakes. He's mobile enough that you can move his launch point when he goes out. You know, rolls to the right, rolls to the left, whatever. Well, those things. Um, I, I like. Uh, you know, I like the fact that he's he's been a 29-21 career winner. You know, I mean, overall. He did a lot of good things, but I will tell you this too. I'm still a Mason fan. I watched the last two starts of Mason. I think he's got a lot to his game. He's he's gotten much better, and I'm looking forward to the competition, and it's exactly what we talked about before, uh, Wax, some, some months ago. Hey, competition brings out the best. It's always the best thing, the best ingredient to have in any room is competition, and the fact is you've got the Trubisky, you've got the, the Rudolph, and Haskins is going to be there. Um, if if you were ever able to add, uh, you know, a, a young quarterback, if if some for some reason you get the the Willis or you get the you know uh, the kid from Pitt, you know those these Kenny uh, Pickett, these things here, they just make a better room. 
But I do like Trubisky in the sense he's physical. He can throw the ball. He's got a pretty good arm. He lacks a couple of things. Like you watch his go balls, they're a little bit flat. And if I had to say there's a couple of things about, and I I don't mean to go too deep on this, but if you watch his films, and I started off watching a little bit of his his rookie year, then his second year, which was a Pro Bowl year, and then then a couple of years later, um, he's very good between the 25s. You know, I mean, whether he's he's running for first downs, he's checking it down, whatever. It seems to his problem, biggest problem is uh, the compressed windows of red zones. That makes it a little bit more difficult. You got to have a better pre-read on some things, and I think that's where he's he's kind of struggled. So I, that's just kind of my two cents on him. Well, if I could uh, follow up with you there, I thought it was interesting what you said about the the competition at the quarterback position, and I. I Agree with you. I feel like quarter competition within that room is going to bring about the best in the players. My concern is that how is Rudolph taking this in that Trubisky was signed and, you know, being that he was extended last year, was going into the season. Sure, they told him he had to compete for the spot, but <laughs> that, will he harbor any resentment that they brought in Trubisky to compete and being that he's not getting his opportunity or do you think he'll be the professional and take the high road? Doesn't matter. You know, you're a pro, and that's what Mason is. Listen, the kid's got a lot of moxie to him. I've had some discussions with Mason. Um, You know, he's a pro. He understands this is the game. You know, you bring somebody in, it's competition. I know what it's like to – you're standing at the top of your own personal mountain, and you bring other people in. I remember talking to a scout one year in the offseason. I said, who are you bringing in to try to knock me off this year? You know, (laughs) and it's a joke. You laugh about it, but it's the truth. His you know, name's Dermonte. What's that? <laughs> His name's Dermonte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are more before that. You know, I think it was every year. You know, let's let's face it. So you learn. This is this is what the pro life is. It's one thing to get there, but it's another entirely different animal to stay there. Let me let me check in here, uh, Jeremy. Um, you know, Mason, I think is a great great young guy, and he is going to work hard. And um, he's probably happy they brought in a guy like Trubisky. Say they had traded five number ones for Deshaun Watson. Now he has no chance because they're going to make Deshaun Watson win that job. Yeah. Yeah. And also Mason's Mason's got the leg up because he knows the system. And and like like Trubisky, these two young quarterbacks were raised on the RPO game. And they're going to fit right in with Canada. I always thought that was a bit of a struggle for Ben. Ben disagrees. And Ben did did some really good RPO stuff, but I always thought it was just a foreign thing to him. You know, he he would never want to admit that was before my time. In 15 years, things aren't going to change. <laughs> and let him 18 years. But uh, so I, I think uh, Mason's going to have a little leg up. But when I watch Trubisky, I see a rich man's Mason. I I think Mason is a poor man's Trubisky. So I give the edge definitely to Trubisky, even though Mason's going to have the leg up early in the year. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're both RPO kids. And I I think Mason's more mobile than people give him credit for. I think they both do all that stuff, but Trubisky really is mobile. I mean, he he really can cover, make up ground in a hurry. So I'm excited because Najee's going to have a line and there's your segue, Jeremy. Yeah. Hey, thanks for, Setting that one up. So speaking of the offensive line, we have Mason Cole coming in. Uh, he, he, I think he played at center last year with the Vikings, also had some opportunities at guard. And then James Daniel, the big signing from the Chicago Bears. Wolf, being that this is your area of expertise, 
Where do you see them landing uh, on the offensive line? How do you see uh, maybe some of the players being retold? And what do you expect from this unit? Competition uh, in the room, baby. I mean, this is what <laughs> it's all about. If you're one of those guys, you're sitting there and you go, Myron does it best. Mm ha. All right. You got something going on here, right? You got, I, I look at it, you got Mason Cole. He was in the offensive line at US Bank Arena last year when the, the Vikes, you know, ripped the Steelers for 240 yeah. plus yards rushing. He's obviously a capable performer. He's a big, strong jabroni guy. Got uh, he's got ability to move and lock on to people. Uh, I like where he is uh, as far as a center. Both guards he's played. Um, it's going to be competition. Uh, the guy that I'm really excited about is Daniels because James Daniels looks to me like the guy that I thought Kevin Dotson was going to be. All right, this is where I thought when I saw James Daniels, I watched his tape. I saw a lot of things. I thought this is what I thought Kevin. Dotson was going to be by this time of year. Now, he's not that, not that he can't be. Let mm -hmm. me tell you something. Kevin Dotson, if they can put together that the whole deal for this kid, this kid has got a lot of meat on the bone, as Mike likes to say. You know, that's to be gnawed on. He's got a lot there. And I, I just look for him. You got to pull it together. I need Kevin Dotson this year and Chase Claypool to be the two people that really step up offensively um, this coming year, but Kevin Dotson has got so much ability and, but James Daniels, I think he's going to draw it out of him because this Daniels guy, man, <laughs> he, he is a body snatcher. I mean, yeah. this guy, if you ever saw the, the cut, the clip of him on that Raiders linebacker who tried to jump inside on him when he just caught him in midair and then did a double leg takedown and smash. I'm like, oh, yes, I love that dude. Right? <laughs> he's physical. He's big. He's strong. I love Right now, the initial with the Mason Cole and with James Daniels are pretty impressive. So do you, do you forecast Daniels will be at the right guard position and Dotson will stay on the left side? Uh, yes, I would think so. That would be how I would at least interpret it from right now. Again, right. it's it's there. It's not me to say, but that's where I would think. And I'm still, and I will tell you this, I'm a Kendrick Green fan. Mm -hmm. I went back and I, I, I deep dived a lot of his stuff in the offseason. Look, everything is fixable, if you ask me, from mm -hmm. pad level to footwork um, to some of the angles that he has to take to recognizing the most dangerous man on the double teams. I think everything with him is fixable. It's it's a matter of reps. Um, but, I, again, I don't have a big problem if you say, well, we're going to play Kendrick Green at guard because I'll tell you one thing. This guy's a people mover. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are centers out there who are they're great at uh, getting angles, getting to the second level. Kendrick Green moves people. Yeah. All you got to do is take a look at what he did to Brandon Williams on a couple of, of plays against the Ravens. And I'm sorry, Wex, I'm going a little long here, but uh, you love I love when centers play physical a la the Mike Webster, Damani Dawson, Jeff Harding's type of uh, character, you know? Yeah. So it's now a very young offensive line. And one of the signings that probably was a bit more under the radar signing that I was happy to see, and maybe a lot of uh, fans in Steelers Nation uh, weren't uh, a pro proponent of, and that's the re-signing of Chukwuma Okorafor. He's a younger guy. I think there's some meat still left on that bone to take a Tomlinism, but do you think that was the right move there, or do you think they should have looked at different options at tackle? Wolf? Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were – going with it, brother. That's okay. That's why I played offensive line. I couldn't handle the handoff. Okay. So, um, 
the truth. You know, I was a, in my junior year in high school, I was a fullback and my line coach, when I went and when it became up to varsity, he goes, you're a lineman. I said, no, I'm a fullback. He goes, all right, you're a fullback until you fumble. The next play, you'll be on the line. I said, that's a deal. Well, I did fumble. And I, next play, I was, he was true to his word. I was on the line. <laughs> so having said all that, look, I like Chooks. He's only 24. Um, he's he's been reliable. He's got a lot of starts for such a young body. He's not the people mover that I think he can be, uh, but he's a good pass protector. He's good on some of the combination blocks on the backside. He's probably a left tackle, but that one is going to be, I hope, uh, just knotted down by this Danny Moore kid. This kid, uh, I love this kid's gumption. This kid fought week in, week out, uh, had some of the toughest people you could imagine as they, as they uh, you know, taking an, an acid bath in NFL intensity, you know, from guys like Miles Garrett and so forth. But he stood tall. He battled. Loved that. And I think Chooks, to me, uh, he's young enough. He don't even have his full man strength yet. You're talking about 24. So I still like it. I think he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a good right tackle. He needs to be a little bit more of a stonehead and move people. But uh, his pass protection stuff is pretty darn good. Uh, speaking of Dan Moore, um, last year at this time, a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Wolf. I know you're not a big Twitter guy. Duke Mannyweather. He coaches and trains almost all the young uh, college prospects and and the pros. I mean, he's just, everybody got, has, he's the O-line whisperer these days. Mm-hmm. And he's a, a presence on Twitter. And he made a big deal about Dan Moore will be the best tackle out of this crop. And the Steelers drafted him in the fourth round. And he said, you'll see, he's going to start at left tackle for them. People gave him the business. He stood by his convictions and he was right. Okay. This year he, he was impressed. He loved James Daniels. He, and he, he tweeted that now the Steelers can put three interior guys at their best positions. James Daniels at center. Kendrick Green at left guard, Kevin Dotson at right guard. That, those are the positions those three played in college. What do you think of that lineup? You know, I got to tell you something. I don't have a problem with it. If wherever you want to put them, I like this. You got three body snatchers. You got three people movers together inside there. And that's what's so impressive to me. Because the one thing that was lacking in my mind last year was coherence in some of these inside-outside zone schemes. When you got all these young guys, you got young knees, you got young low backs, you got young shoulders. Well, the strength of young people is moving people. It's not in all these zone schemes that you stretch guys. It's good. I can understand. Yeah, you can stretch. But lock on and go move some people. And by golly, when they got back to a little more man-blocking schemes, I thought they were – they were better. They were they were able to take people off the line of scrimmage. And you saw Najee just have a rip-roaring time when he got going. I mean, the, the, the thing about it was, I think it, it's going to take some time. But those three guys, when you move people, man, there's there's something so one. It's great family fun when you do that. Let me tell you something. <laughs> let, me, let me throw one more question at you, Wolf. Uh, James Daniels, uh, in, I interviewed him on Zoom with the rest of the reporters asked him a few questions, very impressed with his demeanor, Mm -hmm. his intelligence, not, I mean, not that he's, you know, giving me equals MC square. And I, it, it, he, he gave me a vibe of, you know, I'm an old bears fan from way back, 
gave me a Mike Singletary vibe with the seriousness. You know, you listen to Mike talk just because you guys know him. He, he doesn't come off as a genius, but he's a serious dude who strikes you as a leader right away. You don't have to have 170 IQ to be a leader. And I'm not saying James Daniels doesn't, but he wasn't too smart, but he didn't. He was smart, but he didn't know it. I like that. And he gave all the right answers. He was with Trubisky. He loves Trubisky's leadership. And he uh, just strikes me as more of a presence than Kendrick does. Now, does the leader have to be the center? Does it help that he's the center? Um, You know what? I look at uh, Mike Webster. He was a leader. But John Kolb was a leader as well. Larry Brown was a quiet leader. You know, I mean, you different guys will stand up through different periods of time. There was a, a period of time towards the end of the 80s where the greatness of Mike Webster was just so, I mean, I'd never seen a, in, in, in pregame when opposing coaches, when we're warming up, would come over to shake the hands of Mike Webster. But that's the way it was. He was so well-respected back then, you know. Um, so it, it, it always, it's a good thing. The center is the one who directs traffic and everything. But I look at that and... It, you know, the thing I liked about James Daniels, if I could encapsulate some, there was a sense of humility. When he talked about with you guys, he said, my job is to come in and earn the respect of yeah. the veterans. When do you hear that? You don't that hear my that. Question, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, <laughs> you're nailing it. That's what I think you're referring to yeah. when you were, you know, talking about him. I was overcome with that sense of, that's leadership right there, because he's not saying, follow me. He's saying, watch me. You know, because you watch him and you, this is, we used to fall in line. He used to call us Webby and his little ducklings. Me, Tunch, you know, Webby, go run the stairs. We go run the stairs with Webby. Webby, go to lift. We go to lift with Webby. You know what I mean? That's just the way it was. But he was that guy in the room that taught you how to be the pro's pro. And I think that's what you encapsulated when you're talking about James Daniels. Let me tell you a little Webby story I came across for my book that I just finished last Monday. Ooh. Yeah, uh, on the clock, Pittsburgh Steelers will be out next fall. Um, Webby's first game, I think, was against the Raiders. It was early in a rookie year. And uh, uh, Jim Otto was on the other side. And uh, during warm-ups, uh, Upshaw and uh, the other shell walked up to Otto and said, Mr. Otto, Mr. Otto, how are you, Mr. Otto? And he's like, what? All of a sudden he hears, Mr. Otto, Mr. Otto in the distance. And it's Web- Webby, young Webby, running up. Mr. Otto, Mr. Otto, it's me, Mike Webster. I made it. I made it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So that Otto knew what his boys were teasing about. Apparently, Webby was talking. Have you seen Mr. Otto? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know how great Jim Otto was. And uh, he was a Wisconsin guy, Jim Otto. Yeah. And when Webby was in high school, he called Jim Otto to ask him, how do I get to the league? And Otto said, you know, keep your nose clean, keep working hard and take pride, play for pride for, for your play for your teammates and all these things. And so Webby uh, loved Jim Otto. And that just, it's just weird. A rookie, Mike Webster. I mean, wasn't Mike Webster a 14 year veteran all the time? <laughs> that's what everybody remembers him as, you know, but that's a true story. That's a beautiful story. And I will tell you, when you have that benefit of a, a pro like that, that you are able to talk to early on, it gives you a whole different insight when you're a young buck. Because you see somebody that will like bend to your level and say, 
hey, kid, you can do it too. Because I will tell you, I just talked to the man that was that influence in my life. His name, a couple of days ago, his name was Joe DeLamalure. Oh. All right. And I had met Joe D when I was a, a senior at Orchard Park High School. He actually took to running with me, took me lifting to the Bills Stadium with him. And I just happened to talk to him. But I remember him, you know, telling me, hey, you can do this. You can do this. And when you have that sort of person speaking, that sort of life in your life really does help. Wow. When you punch Chuck Noll in the nose, did you call Joe D and say, <laughs> I think I'm off the list, man? <laughs> oh, I, my. I was too embarrassed, man. That was just, <laughs> oops. Sorry. Wow. Great stories. Great stories. Well, speaking of punching someone in the nose, let's <laughs> shift over to the defensive side of the ball and get jacked up about Miles Jack, uh, the interior of the defense, big signing for the Steelers, shores up the inside backer position. And then uh, we mentioned already Wallace and Witherspoon signed at the cornerback positions. Any comments on the defensive free agent signings? Well, it's like I, I wrote about Wex. That's the fact, Jack. <laughs> I, I, I want them to add the uh, uh, song, She's Got the Jack by ACDC. On, on there the, you go. The Heinz Field, yeah. I enjoy watching this young man operate. Um, he's got that uh, that hybrid speed. He's got that agility. Um, he finds the ball in the chaos of the, 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 the box, the trenches there, which is I, I don't understand exactly what's going on with Devin Bush other than the fact that I, I do believe the biggest hurdle for him is not trusting his body to back up what his mind wants him to do right now. That's – that's something he's got to get over because I know what it's like to have a blown out knee mm -hmm. and what you got to do to get over it. What you see with Miles Jack is a guy who is downhill oriented. He comes down and he's a twitchy guy, man. Twitchy is a sneeze. And this guy's explosive and he's got ability to cover a lot of ground and get sideline to sideline where he, and the only, the only negative I had to say about, it, I wouldn't even call it a negative is that sometimes when he's just cruising along, kind of like a, moving laterally and he's not attacking that's where he can get walled off because he's not the biggest guy he's only 6'1 he's only 245 it's not like he's the biggest guy but boy when he comes downhill hey, you better you better hold on to your britches because this guy comes down and he, he impacts you uh with some serious downhill speed yeah and I, I i love the fact that he his potential for rejuvenation at Heinz Field and with the guys he's going to play with. I mean, he's in football heaven. He was, I mean, I watched a mic'd up with him late last year. I mean, did they win a game? I think they won one or two. What fun could that have been? And I mean, he was, it, it, it looked like a job for him and he was doing his job and he had his speed, but there was nothing there. The fans weren't even cheering and I could only think of him being at Heinz Field playing in big games because, face it, this team's going to play in big games still. Yeah. And that's part of the reason the, these guys come to Pittsburgh because well, how did how did Tomlin put it? Uh, every game's a uh, five-star matchup because we're in it. And that's still going to hold true with Mitch Trubisky too. And uh, Miles Jack is just going to be rejuvenated. Not that he needed too much rejuvenation, but he started getting stale, I felt, uh, last year at Jacksonville. And he's still really young. I just think this is going to be a, the tonic he needed. Yeah. I think this is a little like uh, James Ferrier coming yeah. from the Jets. You kind of revitalize. He has made – Miles Jack has made the order for Renegade. 
I mean, you watch. He's going to have a couple oh, yeah. of big, big plays <laughs> on that Renegade video, and he's going to go bonkers as will all the folks. Yeah. Definitely exciting seeing these signings here. Got two more things before we wrap up the show, but great stuff so far. Just wanted to hit on the, the losses. Um, James Washington is now a Cowboy. Ray, Ray McLeod is a 49er. And Juju moves on to Kansas City. Any uh, parting words for our departure of this trio of receivers? You know, I'm, the one thing I'm uh, the one thing I, I really was a little disappointed was for James Washington because I thought there was more there. I think that I don't know. There's something about that kid. I think he's got a lot to him. It may well come out in Dallas. Uh, it may be better utilized. I don't know. I just thought that there was just more there, and I, I didn't understand the dynamics of what was going on. Uh, Ray Ray seemed to be, you know, he found a lot of favorability in, in the short range passing game stuff. Tough kid. Can't say enough. You know, there's a good, a lot of good things for him. Glad he's got an opportunity to shine. And Juju, um, I don't know. You know, I mean, I just, again, that's one of those things where I thought when he came out in the Kansas City, I thought maybe that uh, that was pretty special to come back, work, and get after it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it was just to, you know, kind of show Kansas City, I'm okay. And uh, if we want to deal with this in free agency, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I always liked the guy. I, you know, I can't say, you know, anything bad about him. Let me say this about Juju. He's a perfect fit for Kansas City with all that speed they have. True. They don't have that speed here. They need speed. Yeah. So having Juju is like having the rest of the guys that they had, I thought. He's, I, I mean, if they're going to use all those wide receiver screens and use him as a blocker and Claypool as a blocker and James Washington as a blocker, they're built for that. But they do need a speed. And James Washington didn't have that extra step that he needed to get deep like the others. Deontay Johnson can get deep, but I don't wouldn't call him a burner. Mm-hmm. Also, he's entering the last year of his contract and he's asking for too much for a guy that drops so many key passes. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, – I would hate to pass on a defensive tackle, but I, I, I keep seeing a first-round wide receiver this year, a real 4-3 guy uh, that can get deep, line up outside, that can move Claypool inside. Um, and people say, geez, Wex, that wide receiver is really not that big of an emergency. They have two, and they played last year, and uh, Juju was out hurt, and Washington didn't contribute. Those other guys didn't contribute. What's, what's the loss? Well, they were lucky that their two starters didn't get hurt. It, it could maybe it won't be you know Juju that maybe it won't be the three guy that gets hurt this year. Maybe it's Claypool, and then what? I mean, they were lucky that the two starters didn't get hurt. You need three, and of course, four. But um, and I do like the looks of this punt returner, Gunner. Oh yeah, he's quick, and you know that since he played for New England, he's going to do right things. I, he's not going to. I don't. I I doubt that he's a fumbler. I haven't watched him enough, and that was Ray Ray's problem. But Ray Ray overcame that and became a solid punt returner, yeah. a dependable non-fumbler. So I just see wide receiver as a big first or second round need. No yeah. doubt about it. Let me just throw one caveat. I'm, I'm pleading, Matt Canada. You've got Friermuth. You got Gentry. You got two tight ends that I, to me. This is this is Gronk and Hernandez. I mean, you got an opportunity here with these two guys that I think can really play a bigger part of that offense where you can get a bigger bite at the apple with those two guys 
that I'm sorry, a 21 personnel to me is something I ah I, I'd really like to see. Yeah, that well, does lessen the need for a, a big time three, and you know, but also with DJ entering the last year of his contract. Uh, they like to get a guy in place, especially receiver. Sure. But hey, they're going to need to get a guy in place on the defensive line too. So both of those positions, I see, as we started talking about Malik Willis, I see DL and wide receiver as the real needs. Jim, you read you read my mind because you set me up there as a softball. So that brings me to the, the my last question here to wrap this thing up. So we've seen all the moves so far in free agency, a lot of signings, offensive line, quarterback, inside backer, corner. Um, what is left in free agency, if anything, for this team in terms of making moves before the draft? Well, the honey badger. Ooh. I mean, when's, when do they announce that signing? I, I keep oh, checking, keep refreshing my Twitter feed. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm ignoring strong safety in the draft as a need. It's a wide open need because I keep assuming they're going to sign one of these free agents, whether it's Tony Badger or Tur- Terrell Edmonds. And there are other guys out there, too. That's you're exactly right on, Wex. I couldn't have summarized it more. I mean, the fact of the matter, they're going to have to come up with something there. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm partial, of course, to Terrell. You know, having done shows with him and everything like this, I like the kid. Yeah. There's a lot. He's he's a spot on, serious dude who really pays attention to the dot in the eyes, crossing the t's. And the one thing I kept telling him, going, Terrell, what you got to do is get yourself a sponsor with Omaha Steaks. Get a barbell, put a lot of plates on it, go up and down in place throughout the whole offseason, get yourself up to about 245, and you will be, you know, the the uh, Ferraris of of, of uh, hybrids there. I mean, the guy, the guy plays in the box so very well. Um, he's he the one thing that I love, Mike Tomlin always talks about his availability, that meaning Terrell Edmonds, and that that kid is tough, and he's had he he plays a lot of snaps. Without Joe Hayden, I assume he's not going to be back. And, hey, I always thought Joe could be a guy that could transition to inside safety, some kind of ball theft uh, right. guy. They need that. They need that playmaker. That's what I. That's why I want the honey badge. Uh, a guy is going to snare. And I know Mink is a playmaker, but it really there, there aren't uh, ball hawks. I, I know there's Minka, but – Ball, uh, a honey badger is so much more of a ball hop playmaker than Terrell. That's the difference. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And what better way to wrap up episode number 25 than speaking of the honey badger, we'll have to monitor that to see if that comes into existence. But Craig, Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, it was fun talking with you. Uh, do you want to plug any work or anything that the, the listeners can check out? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The only plugs I got is in my head. So, (laughs) but it's been a pleasure to meet you, young man. A pleasure to be on with you. Of course, Wex and I, we've been buddies for a long, long time. Awesome. Well, Wolf, we appreciate it. Jim, great seeing you again. And listeners, please be on the lookout for the next episode, episode 26. We'll announce the recording schedule soon. You can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider and give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com and give me a follow at Still Study. And thank you so much for checking us out. Give us a like on YouTube, subscribe, share with your family and friends, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Still City Insider Podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks, Wolf. It was a great, great job. And thank you for the compliment. You are a good friend. Thank you. You're always, always a pleasure being with you, my friend.
All right. See you. All right, guys. See you.